0: If you're listening for the first time, welcome. If you're back for more, thank you for continuing to support this project and being a part of it. If you're not yet a member of my email list, go to sarahmarshallnd.com to register. That will continue to be the hub of all new releases of podcasts, articles, and updates. As this project goes into its third year this June, I'm building a team to expand into more ways to support you on your healing journey, and my email list is the best way to do that. Go to my website, sarahmarshallnd.com to sign up. Welcome to Heal. Today we get to talk more about sacred psychedelic plant medicine, this time with two incredible human beings doing deep healing work on the planet. Rob Grover and Gary Logan facilitate profoundly reorienting, soul-fulfilling journey work. They help people open their awareness of reality, liberated from past beliefs and cultural constructs, and amplify their potential and set them on new paths to do their best work in the world. Join us today. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. Oh, man. I am excited about this conversation. Thank you so much, Robert and Gary, for being here and spending some of your afternoon with me to have, I am not trying to put any pressure, but a very important conversation. <laughs> At least it's a very important one to me, your courage and willingness to step out and to the world of you know journey work and spiritual and psychedelic healing and all of the components therein is it it just, it moves me deeply as I have witnessed in my own life and in um, the world around me, how needed this is and how called forward it is and how much people are wanting and looking for people that have sacred integrous containers that are safe and powerful to step into and do this exploration for themselves. And so it just like moves me so much to have you guys joining us on Heal.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah. So We're very
0: excited too. <laughs> good. I love it. This is going to be fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, just for kind of pulling the listeners forward, I'd love for you guys to share about what you do. You have a killer website, the Journeyman Collective. That'll all be available in the show notes for people to connect to. And you guys are up in Canada?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we are.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. On like a really, you guys have got land and like a facility that you have up there, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. 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 We facilitate in various locations and they're all intently chosen and resonant with the the deep aspect of the work that we bring forward for people.
0: Awesome. Good. So I would love to have you say in your words, what is that work?
1: Mm -hmm. So we facilitate world-class, luxurious, masterfully guided plant medicine ceremonies for people in, in a deeply sacred container so that they can be guided through that multidimensional wilderness in a way that really serves for a greater embodiment of their soul and so that they can step out into the world after they've worked with us and they've actually grounded that sacred knowledge into their life, into their business, into their relationships so that they can actually, and I know this is like so like 2022 it's all about making impact however that's what happens with people because they they start to know where their center is within themselves and when they find it and it becomes unwavering for themselves that's their their guiding light within themselves to go and create harmony and create peace and create greater love within within business and it's it's all coming from a standpoint that someone can be passionately engaged in their quote unquote work that they're doing their the company or companies that they're they're creating and developing and working within and they can actually also make a profit as well so it's it's passion and profit. Some people may call that conscious capitalism, but it's it's really at the end of the day, it's about making an impact for all of humanity and, and the planet.
0: Awesome. And I just want to create for the listeners so they can be connected. That was who talking?
1: That was Rob. Rob. Okay, good.
0: Because <laughs> we've got three of us, well, four, as we called in, because there's the universe or wisdom or divine spirit that's also guiding us in this conversation. But I just want the listeners to be able to tie who you are to your voice so that we're connected. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Great. And Gary, how would you answer that question? What is the work you guys?
2: Magically divine. (laughs) Really, I think this was our path when we came onto this planet unconsciously. And the way we have traveled to where we are now it has been a journey. What we offer the world is is for everyone but not for everyone, if you know right. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, um, some people are ready and some people are not, and that's okay too, you know. You are where you are and you're going to be who you're going to be right at this moment. When they come work with us, their world explodes in a good way, in a very open, loving, caring way that when you're with us we are with you a hundred percent all the way we're not just sitting and being with you we guide you from the inside out and i think that's what makes us unique and different on what we offer to the world And I think our calling has always been this work and this is what we're doing and we love what we do and we love growing our collective community, people or humans and our, or non-humans. Yeah,
0: yeah. Living beings of all sorts. Yep. (laughs) i them
2: too. We'll take them all. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's how I feel. That's my heartfelt passion of what we do and what we share with the world, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, this has been an integral part of my healing journey in the last three years. And when I stepped into the container of sacred plant medicine, which it called me a bit, whether I wanted to or not, there was this like demand that increasingly showed up in some, you know, I also am not one to like, look a sign from the universe in the face. And like, in particular, Michael Pollan's book, how to change your mind. Kept dropping into my world. And I was a huge Michael Pollan fan to begin with. And uh, I resisted it. I was like, "Uh -uh, no, I'm not reading that book. Like, I don't know. Like, nope, nope, nope. And the universe is like, how about this book? How about this book? You sure you don't want to read this book? Here it is again. Here it is. I mean, it was like Amazon recommendations advertising. I mean, it was literally like all over them. Like,
1: okay, fine. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I read the book and it, it literally, there's very few books in my life where I actually experienced a transformation, like an altered worldview, an altered view of life and what's possible. And I was on a silent meditation retreat at the time. And I finished reading the book, came out of silence. And one of the first things I said is, I think I'm here to study and, and pursue psychedelic research from a medical standpoint. And then you know, whatever plant medicine was calling into my life. And at that point, I still didn't even have my sights on my own journey. I was really just opened up to as a healer, as a physician, this world of medicine and the different aspects that it was impacting for people around anxiety and depression and psychology. And a lot of the research has been done around cancer and people confronting a terminal illness and the existential process that that can be for people and the anxiety that comes with it. And for me personally, as a, as a researcher and a physician, I get frustrated the way we've relegated it to sick care, like everything else. Like the only people that it's really valid for is in this context of, okay, you have an illness, you have PTSD, you have these certain circumstances, which it can be very powerful for. And I love that we're doing the research to distinguish from a physiologic standpoint, who's a good match for this medicine and who's not, because there's certain mental states and biochemical states that you want to be responsible for, you know, is it contraindicated, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I can't speak extensively to that, but there's some research kind of pointing to when people have more of a PTSD concretized world where things have closed in and they have less possibility in their life. And they stay in this kind of set lane of reacting to the world in a very experiencing very much as a threat those are good candidates for this kind of work. And then on the other extreme is when someone's dealing with more of a psychotic break of a schizophrenic nature and the ego and the mind has been fractured and there's this opening and a loss of sense of reality that it can be a risky place Mm -hmm. to step into psychedelic medicine, which tends to broaden our perspectives and so it can take people further out. So like that I can even articulate that from a research standpoint is badass. Like it's Mm -hmm. awesome that we're doing that. And it's incredible that, you know, after literally a period of prohibition that we had of the research and the study of psychedelic medicine, it opened back up in 2005 in the United States to a certain degree and has continued to open to the point where now, you know, the MAPS program has MDMA in phase three clinical trials and the FDA has been expediting some of the research now, which is incredible. And then there's this part of me that says, great. What about people, like all people and where it can take someone who comes from a relatively healthy, you know, generally what we consider a healthy well-being context and then what it does for us, for them in that process. And we haven't, research hasn't caught up to that yet. So then we have to kind of take the tribal collective wisdom and gather it, which is another thing that I'm excited to explore with you guys. So what. You know, you said a lot of beautiful and powerful things, but also a lot of big things right there. Like, oh, you know, divine spiritual intervention and guidance <laughs> into your soul purpose in a way that you can still be profitable and like, you know, collective conscious, you know, economics. And like, are you willing to share either from your own journeys or some things you, were, you know, have permission to share about, like, what does that actually look like in somebody's life? Like I'm here dealing with X and then I go through this process and my life looks like Y. Is there any of that you can speak to?
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. There's- <laughs> and I, I think from like a, a 10,000 foot view, like if we'll, we'll start there and, and zoom in a little bit. And I think the, the key thing with what we're called to do really work with people who are in a good to great space. They may not have all their proverbial ducks in a row, and they may know that there's like, they, they've they potentially hit like a glass ceiling and they're just like, I don't know what's next. And I'm not sure who's supposed to lead me there. And typically that's when we come in and we help them to clear out the old, connect more deeply with self, break that glass ceiling, open up one's awareness of a greater dimension, dimensional awareness of reality. And and that's where the new ideas and the amplification of one's potential starts to actually be embodied and grounded into life. So it's, it's having the, the awareness of like, Oh, there's another idea and it came through. wasn't mine. It came through the, the universe and you just picked up on that radio signal and then you're grounding it in because it resonates with your center. And then as a result, you may take your business in a different direction than you thought it was going to go. And I think for, for us, I think that's exactly what happened. And we, we both had our own individual businesses. And I was more in the, the mindset, spiritual energy healing work. And Gary was more in the embodiment, psychophysical work with the Alexander Technique. And then something happened in her life where a dear loved one, Gary's mom, who was living with us, she passed, she lived with us for almost four years. And that was a whole nother, that's an entire different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) She could have totally benefited from (laughs) a journey. (laughs) Um, And that's the thing with someone like in that's in that world, it can benefit so greatly. However, we're called to more to work with people who really want to amplify the brilliance that they're already in or expand it into a new reality. And so with the passing of Gary's mom, both Gary and I went into a bit of a, a depressed state. I wouldn't say it's depression. And I literally similar to you, I literally asked what was the next step? And I was in meditation and I saw this quintessential image of magic mushrooms, of psilocybin. And I was like, oh, dear. Like, <laughs> uh, and uh-huh. like from, from my university days, I knew what it was like. However, now I know what a sacred, intentional mm-hmm. journey is.
0: Very that was
1: basically, yeah, that was basically a trip. And then I went through that whole entire journey, guided, and that's another brilliant thing that I love about Michael Pollan's book is that he really emphasizes the fact of guided journeys. yeah and so for for us, we both went on our own journeys, and it blew so much out of the water, cleared so much, opened up so much. and I know i'm I'm keeping this very general, But then what happened was we were guided. I was guided before Gary went on his journey. I was guided to actually start training with the shaman that we had been working, that I was working with. And I asked him, I said, will you train me to do what you do? And he was like, no. And I was like, are you open to the possibility of training me and guiding me through that, which you facilitate? And he was like, okay. So it was just a a shift in the energy that happened. And And then I'll I'll pass it off to you before we go any further to talk about what transpired after that. Uh, so when Robert came home, I noted a, quite a shift in his
2: personality and his energy about him. He was much lighter, much happier. As we say, he found his joy spot. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I have, I've accessed a lot more of that in my life too.
2: Maybe I need a shift too. Cause as you know, my mother passed away. I was a bit of a, I said a quagmire that I was walking around in all the time. I was, I was like, what is, where is my direction? What is my direction? What is my purpose? So I met with the shaman on this beautiful island and a beautiful luxury home that he was doing the ceremonies from and shifted i mean it just shifted my life i can go into really deep details but i will keep it general that it was so apparent on where we're supposed to go in our life and what we're supposed to do mm-hmm. i text robert i said you know i got the sign fairly clear that this is what we're supposed to do and he says I know. Because <laughs> uh-huh. we yep. never discussed it before, you know? He kept what he had learned, and then I went through my journey process, and then we went, spoke about it afterwards, and he said, yeah, this is where we're supposed to lead our lives with others coming with us on this amazing journey. And this is how we embark working with our shaman mm-hmm. and developing our way of working and learned a lot. And from our past experiences of what we've done and what we're doing and how we're moving forward and what we bring to the table, we don't just bring a sitting guided journey. We have a, a lot in our toolkit that we yeah. bring and offer Uh, on top of what the journey experience is all about. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, And I think that's so critical. I mean, to each his own and how the path opens up for you and trusting spirit and trusting your own process. And, you know, in my tribe, in my community, we talk a lot about, you know, one of my friends says it this way, where, you know, the preparation is 25 to 30%. The sit itself is 20 to 25%. And then 50% is integration.
2: Totally. We agree with that. And
0: that the emphasis that can sometimes get so placed on the journey and the sit and the journey and the sit and the journey and the sit on both sides, one putting so much, like, that's the only point. And the other is sometimes I have people come out and they're like, I don't know if I got anything. Like, I'm not really sure what happened. I saw some colors. I felt some things. And it's like, yeah, let's, let's keep the conversation open as downloads come in and ahas and epiphanies and things melt away over the coming days, weeks, and months, and even years,
2: years. Yeah. and,
0: you know, in outside of plant medicine and some of the Native American work that I've studied under, they would work, I, I've done some work in something called the, from deer tribe, which is shamanic sacred sexuality coming from Turtle Island in the, there was a similar process in the 1970s when a lot of these ancient tribal knowledge was getting opened up into Western culture. And so there was the opportunity for people to start to share it. And I've participated in some of those ceremonies and they talk about how, you know, this ceremony, you'll have at least three months of integration. And this ceremony, it's a three year integration. And like, Mm. like there's actually context around that specifically in in what that container looks like. Mm. And so that, you know, having the experiences, the ah ahas and epiphanies, and then also having coaches, guides, friends, tribe, community, whatever that structure is, a therapist, a practitioner in your life who can then help, support you and at least be an non-judgmental listening space. And then maybe even bring, I mean, some of the biggest things that have shifted and happened for me around my journeys have been integral to my friends and my tribe members that helped me work through the integration process. And what is that? And what does that mean? What does that actually look like? And what do I want to do about it? And, you know, And then the application, like actually Mm -hmm. integrating it so that there's physical reality in my life. And Mm -hmm. this podcast is actually one of them. And I don't think I've ever expressed it directly like this before, but there was work that I did in my initial journeys that was getting at my, you know, in that way that it's like an, an, an indirect relationship, but it impacts everything. Like, it doesn't seem like this thing over here, you know, I was dealing with unhealthy relationship patterns and codependency and how I kind of kept ending up in to really shorthand something quote toxic relationships, which that's a whole thing. I don't actually love that phrase. I'm going to super shorthand something there, but like relationships that were not a match for me and the other person to be our best selves. And we were working through a lot of our, you know, in this community, we would call shadow energy and the dark side of things as I was working that out. And then Completely seemingly unrelated, I started to have access to an authentic expression of being willing to be seen and be known publicly in a way that I hadn't been before. And even though I had been a speaker and I had published a book and I had been up on stages, there was a part of me that was forcing myself to do that in the face of fear. Mm. Knowing the attacks were going to come and the criticisms were going to come, but I'm going to be bold and courageous and do it anyways. And then after I started to work through these things, ayahuasca has been a big part of my life. I didn't mean to, but then ended up redoing my website, speaking for the first time, opening up my public speaking space. And then finally, after five years of resisting, it was like, you know, I think it's time to do that podcast. And I'm crystal clear that's all related, even though it seemed just like a thing that happened. But then Mm -hmm. when I look back in that space of integration, my access to the freedom of expression, the joy and that heart felt like this, I just have to make this project happen It's got to come through me. And and now I'm in another phase of that around my practice and stepping into a space of healing the healers and starting to teach practitioners about the work that I have created over the last 13 years. And I have no interest in it being the Sarah Marshall method, but I have to also come into this place of what I'm up against right now is it's not ego to claim your own mastery and to say I have actually built the skill set that is good and makes a difference for other people and then they can do what they want but I am'm and that's like right on the edge you're like oh, I don't want to just be the jerk who's like I got the answer right and I, but yet there's this push that spirit is is really pushing out of me into a bigger expression of making a difference as a healer and for other healers and other practitioners to be, whole and healthy. Wow. I didn't know that was all going to come out. So thank you guys. Beautiful. For that. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's typically, and like, I think what you're stepping into there is just that, that whole like attachment to whatever comes after I am. Mm. And sometimes we have an attachment to it of like, look at my diploma. Like yes. I am this. <laughs> and it's like, and you can still have it, but you can also be non-egoic and actually centered in it. And just like, yeah, it's a thing, but it's like no biggie. It's just part of the experience that I've constructed for my my being as I move through life. And I went and did this thing for X number of years in school and got this piece of paper. And that's that. And so that's like a a big thing that I've been sensing into with people where it's like, eh, there might be some attachment with respect to. the the Sarah Marshall method, even though I know like in what you just said, there's like, there's no attachment. This is just what's being guided through you to offer to your people in a deeply compassionate and like loving way so that you create that space for the people Mm -hmm. so that they can be like, Oh, look at this shadow. It's like, let's illuminate that. And like, let's let it go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So This is like the, you know, million dollar or whatever we want to call it question, which is, you know, here you are having opportunity to speak to a new audience and like, what's the thing that you want said out into the world, like you're 60 seconds, you have the the attention and listening of the entire global population. Everyone is tuned into you. What is it that you from your own heart and expression would want them to hear?
1: if you are a business owner or want to create a business and you have that deeper yearning within yourself within your heart you can you can feel it and it's there and you just don't know how to liberate that out into conscious form and you want assistance with that and you actually want it to come out to like create again that that conscious soulfully aligned impact if that's what you know is within yourself there's more of you that wants out there's more of the universe that wants fucking in that, that wants in
2: mm-hmm. yep
1: <laughs> then we can help you let that in to you through you so that it can go out to more and more and more people so that we have greater harmony, greater, conscious capitalism that we have greater love for one another and greater compassion for one another for the for the whole freaking planet and not just humanity not only the planet but also the whole entire cosmos mm-hmm. Like John. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> and I
2: don't know. Like- well, it's what we hear from potential clients all the time. Like we spoke with a potential client yesterday and he says, I know there's more to my life than what I know. And I don't know how to get beyond the I know. And they said, yeah. And he wants to come on a journey. Definitely. The timing is, is most important for him. But just like everybody, all our clients says, "I've been looking for somebody like you for a very long time." Mm-hmm. And we show up, and um, they're here and ready to know there's more to bust through that mm-hmm. ceiling, and or as we say, leave the garbage on the curb. And once the garbage man comes to collect it, don't go running after it because <laughs> yeah. you don't need it anymore, mm-hmm. you know. So we assist you in letting the garbage man come by and collect your garbage and take it away, so that leaves the vessel open for more to come through to show who you truly are and who you're going to be in the mm-hmm. world yeah
1: and i think if we wanted to summarize that in like one little like snippet it's like if you are willing to open up yourself to the unknown aspects of you to the mystical aspects of you and open up to the magic that's within your heart and soul then we're here for you
2: heard yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah you know when I look at the opportunities there are as well because there's going to be plenty of people you know a listening to this episode and then beyond that it's not that's not the specific route or that specific call in that way and one of the things that I've noticed though is my conversations have shifted, my way of being is shifted. And then how I show up for my clients and the people around me is altering as well. And so there's this, like, you know, you, as you said, it's for everyone and it's not for everyone and that it, wherever someone is in that process. And then I've seen this in my, my medicine tribe community where, you know, a pocket of a couple people, but then the whole family extended around them is impacted by the shifts and the changes and the healing that's happening there. And so mm-hmm. What, I don't know, guidance or resources, or how would you like to share some of what your knowledge is or what you've learned in your wisdom to people where the call may not be specifically to come journey and sit with plants, but there is a call for consciousness and purpose and opening and like that. What are some of the things from your wheelhouse that you would say, here's a step in that direction, or here are other modalities that you can get access to that same Mm -hmm. similar spaces?
1: Yeah, there's so many different paths to people's spiritual journey. And I would almost even like to delete that word because it's all spirit. It doesn't freaking matter. It's your path. It's it's an expansion of your awareness. That's essentially what we're all talking about. Expansion of the truth of reality, the truth of how the, the entire universe works. And similar to you, like if someone in your reality, in your world, starts mentioning a book to you and then someone else mentions it and then someone else mentions it, just go buy the book and read it and be with it. That could be the one little nugget that just unlocks that next like dimensional space for you. And typically when those things happen, it's perfectly perfect. So just give yourself a little bit of attention Give yourself the time to like, even shut off the bloody phone. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Sign out of like social media for a weekend. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And just see what's really calling for you in the silence and ask. This is one thing that we, we teach people as well. Ask the questions, not of other people. Ask the questions of the energy around you. And when you formulate those questions, not from a standpoint of like, how do I get into the next car <laughs> is like, it's more of a my fifth dimensional consciousness of like, what is the next step for me in my journey? That's going to allow me to embody my highest purpose.
2: There, You're right. There are so many modalities out there for everybody to tap into. Mm-hmm. And a journey may not be their destination right now, but it could through sort of Reiki or massage or meditation or listening to... Uh, chanting music you know there's Mm -hmm. so much available we have to be attuned to what's coming in and be aware and from that is going into the silence is the most important thing if you stop just for one minute everything come into heart breathe and then go into thought that is the most important thing you can do for yourself is giving those moments of, I need to stop and take a breath. You know, when was the last time I really took a deep breath and you ask those people, there's like, Oh, I breathe all the time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. natural, but it's, you know, you're, you haven't stopped and given time for you. And I think now the way the universe is going, the universe has given us time to stop, go in to self, not go into your house, go into your human house, check in, find out what, is the divine direction I'm supposed to be going in now. The shift is happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's so many things out of that, the slowing down and getting quiet Mm -hmm. and, you know, to just share personally from my own life. And, you know, I'm the, daughter of two hippies that met on a commune in Tennessee and was raised inside of a more Eastern philosophy, Buddhist household than a Christian Western philosophy household. My big rebellion was to become a Baptist Christian when I was 11 years old and go off and do my own thing for a few years. It wasn't much of a rebellion. My parents were like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, great. But you know, so that that's like, and even still, In my twenties, I dealt with panic attacks and a lot of um, anxiety. I'd literally wake up in the morning into a state of pretty bone gripping anxiety. And it would take me a couple of hours of just getting into action in my day to kind of calm it down and get it out of the space. And then stepped into my career and quite frankly, unwittingly at the time, because it seemed so normal and the thing that our culture considers a status symbol, I stepped into workaholicism. And I truly was filling my life to the max inside of a altruistic standpoint of also proving myself that I was worth it and I did deserve because look at all the things I'd done and all the people I'd helped and all of the stuff I'd accomplished. And there's been varying different things over the last really three years. And it was synonymous that the the shift in my consciousness and the these things have to endness was I identically the exact same moment that plant medicine was calling to me. And I I think that was not an accident. And so I shifted some things in my own life in terms of what I was participating in in my schedule, but I still pretty much just shifted focus. Like, oh, I'm not doing those things now. I'm doing these things 24 seven all the time. And then I had chronic fatigue syndrome right as the pandemic hit. So I was, you know, starting to have symptoms that I now can only see when I look back in May of 2020. And I was formally diagnosed in August of 2020 and it was a giant physical slowing down and basically the universe putting me in timeout and telling me to sit still. <laughs> and one of the things I really had to work through when I have a life coach that I talked to weekly and I had tribe and I had support and I had other things I was, you know, around me was when I slowed down, what was there was the pain the trauma, the grief, the shame, the anxiety, the fears, and thus the solution of never slowing down. So on one hand, like I love, Gary, what you said about like, stop and take a breath and tune into your heart space. Says the one who's done a lot of work on his heart space, you know, it's easy for you to say. And also inviting people into, you know, from Pema Chodron's work that I've read a lot of her books on Buddhism, She talks about leaning into those places that scare us, but doing it with discernment and compassion Mm -hmm. and wisdom. So you don't have to jump in the deep end of the shark tank. You can actually just put your toe in the water and then step away and put your toe in the water and step Mm -hmm. away. And that's where I love practices like first guided meditation and then stepping into silent meditation. And in my practice with my clients is like the ritual. And I don't usually tell them this, but maybe I should, the ritual of drinking sufficient water every day and taking care of our body in a particular way and eating certain foods every day and taking supplements, even though they're like, I don't have to take all these pills. One of the things is that is three or four or five times a day that you are taking an action, reminding yourself, I love myself. I'm healing myself. I'm getting better in every moment. And I don't know where placebo ends and the action potential of vitamin C begins, but at Mm -hmm. a certain level, I'm not. Even going to say that we do know. I mean, we think we know what these molecules are doing, and we've been totally discrediting the spirit of herbal medicine and the spirit and the energetics and intelligence of vitamins and minerals and these earth substances that maybe the reason why they work never had anything to do with the specific molecules, and what they're really doing is bringing in, imbibing us with this like life force energy and and spiritual mm-hmm. information. And so these rituals and these practices we can start to do to lean into taking care of ourselves and slowing mm-hmm. down. And then for me, it was a process of like, first, you know, I went to my first silent meditation retreat, which was not that silent. It turns out, cause I just got to listen to the inside of my head for eight days, and, <laughs> you know, and, and then so I loud. did that again and did that again. And, and like these practices that started to come in and then it just, the knock was there for me to go and sit in my first ayahuasca ceremony. And, but then these practices have been just as integral in my integration, you know, Mm -hmm. outside of those specific, you know, opportunities has still now I've, I've never been able to really make myself meditate twice daily. And it's just become a natural desire and expression in the last like year, year and a half. And some of that Mm -hmm. came out of the chronic fatigue syndrome and needing to really tune in and slow down and check in with myself. And there was like a spiritual knowing or intervention that just like I couldn't and wouldn't continue on in the direction that I was going. Like to the point where I was having conversations, don't worry clients, I'm not doing this, but I was having conversations about like literally giving up medicine and quitting what I was doing and why not change my career or do a complete reset. And, and like, there was like big questions like that were coming up about what is this for? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. I'm successful. I did the thing I said I was going to do.
1: <sighs> this is it really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, I love everything that you're saying because I think big part of the, the, the first little snippet that I'd, I'd love to like emphasize there is regeneration. Mm. We as a society, as a global society, We have lost our ability to witness and attune our awareness to when we actually need to give ourselves time, the human being, to give ourselves time to regenerate, to clear out the old, to help the nervous system come back to center, clear out the old energy that's been bombarded. Maybe we went to the grocery store and got yelled at by someone and we come home and we hold on to it and then we, and carry, we tell more people about it and then tell we more people about it yeah and you then know. we carry that for a number of years and that shite is stuck in our energetic nervous system and we haven't been given the tools to clean that out so that we can self regulate and self regenerate and i think that's the beauty of what plant medicine actually does it. So for instance, if we look at psilocybin, magic mushrooms, if we look at what mushrooms do in the wilderness, what do they do? They actually decompose the old so that the rest of the ecosystem can regenerate and flourish. And that's all they do when we allow that brilliant divine intelligence to come into our being that's all it's going to do. And I think there's so many people that are like, oh my God, it's going to fry my brain. And I'm like, no, you're actually going to like find your mind. You're going to be able to distinguish what is the noise versus can I actually be in my heart when there's nothing going on upstairs? hmm can I allow myself to have that peace? And that's where the regeneration starts to take place. When we put the barrel of monkeys that we've been that have been like having a freaking circus party in our head. When we allow that just to be put on the shelf. So that we can just like, like if we envision a dog shaking the water off its back, that's essentially what takes place in a journey. However, most of the time it's in stillness. And when we guide people through journeys, we invite them people to go into stillness because the words for the most part get in the way. And in that stillness, that's where the old can be cleared out, can be decomposed. Whatever it needs to be faced can be faced head on. in a a very gentle and compassionate way and then as a result that individual has a greater connection to themselves and a greater awareness of where their center is for where they are to take that transcendental knowledge that they've been given whatever form it came in so that they can actually take that transcendental knowledge or that mystical experience and ask the questions of what am I to learn about this? What am I to learn from this? So that I take it back into my life and ground it into reality through transformational action. So I can take whatever I was shown and I'm going to get a little radio wave signal, a little seed, an idea of like, Sarah, podcast, excellent idea. Put that in your stars or five years from now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And we'll just leave it there, but it's going to come and it will be when you know, from your center, it's clicked in now's the time let's do this. Yeah. And, and, and that, because in this instance, that we're talking about the podcast that we're on right now, that's where that transformational healing completes and it transmutes the old. So it's that beautiful journey from the transcendental through the transformational action through to the transmutation and then that loop closes and then you have access to that new level of awareness where you get to sit and have conversations like we're having right now Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that regenerate us as we're having this conversation with you regenerate you as well and then everyone who's listening gets to just take that time to even in this moment be like can I actually like allow myself to go into my heart and allow the circus to like vacate the premises just for a split freaking moment? Whatever it is, the grand plan is always unfolding and it will always be there. And I think so many people are stuck in this urgency mode I'm like, no, I need to keep doing this. I need to work 23.5 hours a day and sleep for 30 minutes a day. And that's it. And I'm going to go, 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 go. And I'm going to like suffer. I've got to suffer in order to embody that which that I'm here to do. Like, that's such a crock of shite. Yeah. So if we just allow ourselves to have a regenerative lifestyle where, oh my God, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And it's like, woo, I just felt this wave of energy come in. I need to go lay down because a new particle of information has come into my awareness that i need to percolate through my being and just be with it so there's i just i believe there's just so much within the cosmos within the universe that we're not aware of that we're so freaking scared of to open up to that If we do, we can have a really freaking balanced and harmonious life where we are living our highest purpose and that it just it's so it's luxurious to allow ourselves to be in that regenerative state. Every time you talk,
0: I have this experience of wanting to just pause and be, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're on the podcast. Probably should say (laughs) something next, but I just like, you so embody that energy of what you're actually sharing about and, and inviting people into it's, it's really incredible. I hope this transfers through. I'm sure it probably will in the actual Mm -hmm. listening of the podcast. And I'm over here like, yeah, okay, I'm good. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's, our inten- that's, that's our intention <laughs> <laughs> yeah just do like even like the frequencies that are in our voice even if we're saying different words the work that we do is an offering through the words that we share mm-hmm. and the words themselves can heal if you just allow yourself the time to be with the words
2: an easy practice to do is, uh, is time is timeout. You know, you give your children, if you have children, time out in the corner. I think you need to, and I tell a lot of my students that you need to create a space that is your time out space, either a mat on the floor, you know, a cushion, a blanket, and then do a 10 minutes, just lie on the floor without any music, any other sound, shut the door off and put the monkey mind, as we say, on the shelf, because if you release the monkey mind, as Robert says, the body will regenerate itself. It will start to heal. You need to get out of the effing way for the body to heal. You got to stop that chatter that is no longer serving you, which is hurting you. Release it, let go. So get in a practice of find my space. This is my space. The dog has a space. The cat has a space. The human has its space. Create a little sanctuary in your home and leave it there all the time. You may not get to it every day, but it'll be out of the corner of your eye calling you to come. Come lie down and enjoy 10 minutes of time out. Mm -hmm. Something so simple. Yeah. 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 And
0: I, I used to have my basic introductory like wellness treatment plan that all my new clients step into is sort of the like lifestyle format of what I have people start to take home practices to regenerate, mm-hmm. to heal to increase vitality. And I used to actually have a specific thing on there about taking deep breaths. We've actually been learning a lot about breathing and it's not always about deep breathing and sometimes shallow breathing, all of that. And I also found generally speaking, people didn't really do it. And so I've shifted it and I specifically have a line item that's about earthing mm. and connecting to earth. Yeah. And I love what you created Gary, because it, you know, having a map, or a cushion or a spot. And I would particularly say on the floor. Yes. There's something really important and critical. And even laying down completely flat on the floor is a very distinct experience and laying down flat in our beds. Mm -hmm. Even if you're on the 10th floor or in the penthouse, it's still distinct. And there's something also about aligning our energy with the actual parallel energy of the skin of the earth and letting ourselves experience being held and supported Mm. by mother earth and dropping our shoulders and dropping our body into the ground. And I'm actually on a desk. That's only two feet off the ground, sitting on a meditation cushion. I've given up having a chair and like, you know, for a lot of the work that I do standing desk, isn't what works in my current format, but I found this has been an incredibly great way to bridge that gap. And so I actually sit on a meditation cushion. I have an open hip experience and I get to feel a lot more grounded throughout my whole day than I usually mm-hmm. would if I was like up in an office chair. So things like that can also start to make that, but I love that, having a designated space that's there all the time
1: mm-hmm. and
0: calls to you and pulls you into it. And mm-hmm. I've recently kind of altered how I have a, like sacred altar in my house. And I have just, just recently started the practice of lighting a candle on the altar every day. And it has, it just changed something. There's an aliveness, there's an energy, there's a connection. It draws me in. I look over there a lot more often. I just get present to it a lot more often. And, you know, my language is a sacred altar, but for some people that's, you know, a mantle space with pictures of their family or photos from great trips and travel with some trinkets of places you've been and vacations, anything that brings you joy that has you get connected to appreciation and gratitude in your life, whatever that might look like could be your quote sacred altar space. And I have my sitting space and my altar space connected in one Mm -hmm. area. And, you know, it, it was a missing in my home it hadn't been something that i had prioritized and i'm a pretty spiritual gal and i just hadn't done it and then ever since i've had it it's it's really made a difference in just my beingness and my connection and I, it, it's a center of joy in my home and then we could get into like feng shui and how actually important that is and if you want to build money or a relationship or family where you place those kind of sacred spaces mm-hmm. to help you know mm-hmm. pull those energies into your life there's just like you said the universe has universes this, this is, have mm-hmm. so much to offer us and there's so much out there and that, you know, sometimes that can feel too big or intimidating. And my experience is, is that he, she, it, they have mm-hmm. never given me more than I can handle granted, mm-hmm. you know, more than what I'm ready for. And if anything it's, it's been a liberating, enlivening experience to actually feel supported and guided in that direct way. And I just want to share, because it tied in so much, Rob, with what you were saying. My very last journey was really distinct. I feel like I've kind of crossed a threshold and I'm doing different work than what I originally started doing when I was called into plant medicine. And, and specifically, straight up, Aya or the spirits or they flat out said- the first X number of sits was for you and you're done. And this isn't about you anymore. And there was this like direct communication of you have the tools, you did the work. If anything comes up, you know where to go, go handle your own shit. Now this is about something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh that was clear. <laughs> and, and then the theme of the rest of the weekend was ask bigger questions. mm mm-hmm. And I'm like right in that inquiry, like at the edge, like that, what does that mean? What kind of bigger questions? And what I'm clear is every time I leaned to any question that was an I statement or even had me in it, like not including me, but like, that was it all about like, how do I go change the world? How do I build this? Nope those were not it. I got no pass on all of those kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. And mostly I found myself kind of silent. I was like, and, and that was like, most of the evening was me just in this like <laughs> space. And there was one point where I got really clear information, you know, cause in my 3d ego self, which I love and appreciate who I am, there's been this what about security? What about finance? What about my retirement? How do I make sure this is profitable? How do I make sure that, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's there. It's present for me. And this council of spiritual beings, just like kind of with a little edge of that, like scolding grandmother looked at me and were like, who do you think we are that we wouldn't make sure you're taken care of? Like, mm-hmm. It was like they were offended that I would even consider <laughs> that I wouldn't be provided for. Mm-hmm. And this little like child grandmother argument kind of unfolded for a little bit. And the transmission was like, really, who do you think we are? And then who do you think you are? And who do you think you are that you're not we? Yeah. Oh,
1: That would be a mic drop from the universe. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And
0: that's where I've been sitting in this space. And so, you know, in the last few minutes we have here, which we can take whatever time, is I'd like you guys, if you're willing to speak to healing the collective and how it's like in your experience, what you see about that. You know, for me, it's not everyone may come and sit with magic mushrooms or ayahuasca or sacred plant medicines. And yet this practice and this work is making something available Mm -hmm. literally at a massive scale. And I see it and it's some of the intentions that my tribe sets when we sit is around, this is for my life and this is for the collective and the whole. And what do you guys want to say about that?
1: What do you mm-hmm. see about that? There's, yeah, there's so much that I could say. And I think it's really, it's almost like a summary of everything that we've been talking about in the last, I guess, second half of the podcast in that when we actually start to tune into the elements that make up, for those of you who like, make up this meat suit, I'm currently grabbing my cheeks. <laughs> so this meat suit, this meat seat suit of being human There are elements that compose, there's water and there's earth and there's fire and there's air. So the breath that we breathe has to be in balance and the earth, the food that we actually ingest has to be in balance and harmonious and nourishing. And the water has to be clean and the breath has to be full. And when we allow that to be there, then we can tune into Our connection to the freaking planet and then as a result when we tune into the connection to the planet that we are the planet we are just an extension like little tiny filaments of hair that are walking around the earth sometimes we go on a plane and we fly across the planet but we're still connected to it and we're just extensions of the consciousness of the planet and when we start to tune into that we can start to listen to it it's a sentient being and we also have resource teams that have been with us from day one and when people start to open up their awareness to the epically potent and powerful divine fucking support that is there for them they will step into their highest purpose and they will surrender from will from man or woman or he she it will to the divine will universal will whatever you want to call it and surrendering into that to allow the divine intelligence of the planet and the cosmos to support us through everything along our path to embodying highest purpose. And I think that's what I know, that's what my soul is here for.
2: Something so simple that you can give to back to the world and the universe is, I always, when you go, we talked about your grounding part is allow the world or the earth to come up to you instead of you pushing down mm-hmm. against gravity so allow the world to come the earth to support you feel it underneath your back when you're lying down and when you're outside feel the earth underneath your feet so allow the world to come up to you to your feet and then you from your heart send love into the center of the core of the earth which will radiate out worldwide. So it's just getting that fully connected circuit from higher source through to mother earth and just get connected to the ground. Yeah. You might even tell your clients to take off their shoes, go barefoot and put their feet on the earth. Actually, can you feel the earth beneath Mm. your feet? And most people are stuck in their shoes. Take your shoes off, kick them off. Like a little kid did. Mm -hmm. The kids are grounded more than us adult humans Mm -hmm. so reconnect to your five-year-old self run around barefoot and get dirty in the earth and send that love through the earth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and i would like to leave all of the listeners with a question as well ask yourself I'm getting a little emotional now. (laughs) Ask yourself, what does the collective need from me now? It's not about you. It's about the whole entire ecosystem of humanity, the planet inside of the cosmos. It's like, what does the collective need from me now?
2: great
0: (laughs) yeah this has been really special guys I so appreciate you joining me and us getting to have this conversation in this way and sharing these things and sharing the essence of who you are and what you have created and we'll have like I said links to the conversations any specific resources we talked about today including your website the journeyman collective and it's just a pleasure to know you and to know you're also on the planet in the collective with me.
1: Our pleasure as well. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you so yeah. much. Enjoy.
0: Yeah. Until we get to do it again.
2: Mm-hmm. Much love.
0: Thank you so much to today's guests, Rob and Gary for their spirit and divine transmission for all the resources for today's show, visit Sarah backslash podcast. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and our editor, Kendra Vicken. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.